Yeah, I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by destroyed by podcasting. <laughs> so true. Um, this is our crossroads. Every every time, every episode from here on out on cold nights. Yeah, we're gonna tell our 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 wives. You know, thank God I'm not on episode seven. seven. Yeah. <laughs> the beings I love are creatures. They were born by chance. My meeting with them was also by chance. They will die. What they think, do, and say is limited. It is a mixture of good and evil. I have to know this with all my soul and not love them. We'll be talking in in twirly tongues and. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read Ulysses? Uh, no, me either. No, I haven't read anything by James Joyce. I think it's for like stoners. Really? <laughs> <laughs> My impression of it is that, like Terence McKenna talks about Finnegan's Wake like all the time. Yeah, and just like reading it and i feel like it's one of those things where it's just like stoners are like reading it and then just kind of like it's it just kind of like becomes its own little the, thing the the highest achievements of mid-century high modernism are just now just fodder for weed smokers <laughs> <laughs> i like that idea yeah i don't know if it's true <laughs> i saw the greatest minds of my generation Destroyed by deconstructed club music. <laughs> I thought of that the other day. <laughs> oh. You know that? You know what that is? No. It's it's Howl by Allen Ginsberg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw the greatest minds of my generation destroyed by madness. Stark, hysterical, naked. I don't want to say the next line. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the only... Uh, the only book my father ever told uh, like suggested that i read was like an allen ginsberg book yikes the only book what book um god i don't even remember it was like i don't even know any of his books except how yeah it was some kind of like woman sitting at a bar or something like along those lines you know i was a big i was a big beat a beat head in high school Really? Yeah, it was like Jack Kerouac was yeah. like my my idol. Um, it's like the only the only people for me are the ones that you know explode across the horizon like like spider webs. It's that type shit. Yeah. Yeah. Real. <laughs> like I'm just I'm gonna drive a big old car to Cleveland and just just keep on going. That is like a big high school vibe though i had a teacher named um mr oh god what was his name i don't remember Mm. but he had a jack kerouac poster and uh he was like 75 
and he was like known as the the cool teacher at the high school who would smoke weed with you if you were really cool. Yeah. I didn't know anyone who smoked weed with him, but that was like cool, the idea yeah. was like, yeah, he'll smoke weed with you. That's a crazy rumor about <laughs> teacher. I think it was true like at mm-hmm. some point in history, but I mean, I definitely know teachers who smoked weed with students, but yeah. like just like an ancient old man who's like going to be chiefing with the kids. Yeah. He feels so. He was also my debate team coach. Mm. Mr. Sauer. That was his name. Sauer? Mr. S- Sauer. Like, S-A- like sauerkraut. S- yeah. He was also, I think, a Vietnam veteran. And his daughter was a senior when I was um, when I was a freshman. And I had a friend named Jeremiah who was from Texas. And he mm-hmm. was like super hot, which is crazy to say about an eighth grader or freshman in high school. But yeah. like that was his thing. It was yeah. like everyone was like, he's so hot. <laughs> He he eventually moved down to Texas to be with his dad, who was a rancher, and he became like a club promoter down there. Yo, like a, like literally like a yeah. I sell shots. Um, oh my god! But he one time we went on a cruise mm-hmm. um, with Katie Sauer, who's Mister Sauer's daughter, because she wanted to get with Jeremiah, <laughs> and I was just like riding on his coattails. Um, because I was like, I mean, we were like eighth graders and they were like seniors and, uh, we cruised up the bluff, you know, up to, up to granddad's bluff and looked out over the town and they smoked weed and I was too scared. Um, but I remember they played this song that was like, that I've never been able to find since then they played, they first, they played a sublime song Mm. and then. I remember they played this song that was about like Yumberry Kush or something like that, or like Blueberry Kush. Yeah. And I, I've like never been able to like figure out what it was. Damn. But it was like very like, it felt very like Gnostic, like secret. I never did before. Yeah, kind of like secret knowledge. It sounds like I feel like I Yumberry Kush. I feel like I like know that song, but I also could. Yeah, I mean, it, like searching the archives in my mind. Yeah. I feel like I'm like remembering the music video for that song. But if any of our listeners are, yeah, have a different uh, form of memory than me, can pull up the exact name. It was one of those rap songs from like the early 2000s that was very like sing song. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Yumberkush, like that kind of thing, <laughs> like Nate Dog or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> It wasn't about like going to the Netherlands to get um I I weed, was it? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Jeremiah was a cool guy. He got um he got an only God can judge me tattoo like Tupac when we were in high school. In high school? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> like senior in high school. And uh he became much cooler than me, you know. Um cuz he was super hot. But he was always like, still very kind to me. Mm-hmm. Just a kind, kind of dumb guy. Yeah, kind of dumb, just well, you hot need... guy. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed this before, but I think I think there's uh, that kind of like uh, alpha. You know, I think the alpha sigma beta debate is mm-hmm. just to uh, 
It's like a psyop. It's division yeah, among it's division. the ranks. When, yeah. when really, like, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, you know, a, a, a mind man needs more than a himbo. Yeah. <clears throat> there's nothing a himbo needs more than a mind man. Yeah. I learned that, I learned that living in sober houses, mm-hmm. that there's so many, there's so many guys that I would, in, in my regular life, would have written off. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, like they just want me. They they just want my approval, and I just want their approval. Literally, like we need each other. Yeah, yeah, for different things. You exactly. Really like, like they tell me, I need them to tell me, like, no, you're just like a normal guy, bro. Yeah. And then they need me to be like, like, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. You, I mean, your mind is worth it. They you know? they have questions too. They have questions. Yeah, yeah. And they like to talk about things too. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, just like I used to work with this guy who was like an absolute like Abercrombie and Fitch model, just yeah. like just like jacked dude. First day I worked with him, this is at, at a restaurant. Uh, I was kind of like, I don't know about this guy. He was like a business. He just just graduated from business school. Yeah, he, he was working what he considered his fun job. <laughs> the restaurant job was his fun job. Yeah. He had his dream job and then he had his fun job. And uh yeah, he would just like ask me like just like the most insane like off the cuff questions that had like many many layers to them. Um and I remember one day he asked me why white people hate Jews mm. in the middle of service. Yeah. And it was just like, man, I don't like <laughs> like during a dinner service yeah like full on like friday night that's yeah it's just like you've got questions too it's like i don't know if i can like answer this for you yeah like (laughs) we can get you started yeah yeah um yeah i i used to work with this guy who was like at a restaurant who was just out of uh the marines i think and he had um he was super jacked and he had like a little hatchback like subaru or something with a, a super saiyan license plate which was cool yeah and then i i remember one time i told him that i was like addicted to drugs and he was just like he was basically just like oh like man like you don't seem like it like <laughs> Yeah, I think you're a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which was like so helpful to hear. Yeah. It's just like, oh, thanks, man. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad I don't seem like it. Literally. Yeah. It, like there really is for people who are who are stuck in in the labyrinths of their mind, there really yeah. is like no better no better like, you know, affirmation. Yeah. Then just like just like a strong like, <laughs> strong like confident being like man. you're like a normal guy. Just being like, yeah, man, like you're, you're chill. Yeah. <laughs> Feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's the, the division and we're trying to, you know, as as I guess we talked about it on the first episode. We're trying to uh synthesize that. Yeah. <laughs> How have you been lately? Shit, that's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I've been well. We've tried to record like three, three or four times in the last week. Yeah, honesty yeah. the best policy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I've just been dealing with the um, the division, the division between um, illusion and reality. <laughs> Yeah. Let me read this quote to you. Can I read this? Please it's re- it's really long. Um, I'm sorry. And it talks about God a couple times. Well, it's, By now, yeah. you know what to expect from me. But this is what I've been thinking about this week because... Um, yeah, I mean, like, with all things in my life, I feel like I go through cycles and... It's kind of like, I feel really comfortable. I feel really comfortable when I'm in like a redemption arc and I feel like I'm, there's a very clear and present um, pain or something that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. And um, I can kind of like, you know, I, I can take comfort in like feeling that and then turning away from it. Um, or feeling reprieve from it. But then there are these moments where like, I feel like it's been such a blessing to do this podcast and just to see like the subtle changes that it's brought about in, you know, in our relationship, in mm-hmm. our relationships with other people. Yeah. Um, like literally has made possible new connections, um, that are not actually just parasocial that are like right. social and that's such a it's so cool and then it's like i get i get like paralyzed by that sometimes where i'm like damn how do i like grab on to the blessings and like keep keep them going or yeah. like secure the you don't know. want them to be fleeting yeah exactly and then that's where i start to get um paralyzed so i was thinking I was experiencing that this week. Um, And so I was reading, I read a little bit of this Thomas Merton every morning, No Man is an Island. And this one spoke to me. Um, My soul does not find itself unless it acts. Therefore, it must act. Stagnation and inactivity bring spiritual death. But my soul must not project itself entirely into the outward effects of its activity. I do not need to see myself. I merely need to be myself. I must think and act like a living being, but I must not, but I must not plunge my whole self into what I think and do or seek always to find myself in the work I have done. The soul that projects itself entirely into activity and seeks itself outside itself in the work of its own will is like a madman who sleeps on the sidewalk in front of his house instead of living inside where it is quiet and warm. The soul that throws itself outdoors in order to find itself in the effects of its own work is like a fire that has no desire to burn, but seeks only to go up and smoke. The reason why men are so anxious to see themselves, instead of being content to be themselves, is that they do not really believe in their own existence. And they do not fully believe that they exist, because they do not believe in God. <laughs> Damn. This is equally true of those who say they believe in God without it putting in, putting their faith into practice. 
and those who do not pretend to have faith. In either case, the loss of faith has involved, at the same time, a complete loss of all sense of reality. Being means nothing to those who hate and fear what they themselves are. Therefore, they cannot have peace in their own reality, which reflects the reality of God. They must struggle to escape their true being, and verify a false existence by constantly viewing what they themselves do. They have to keep looking in the mirror for reassurance. What do they expect to see? Not themselves. They are hoping for some sign that they have become the god they hope to become by means of their own frantic activity. Invulnerable, all-powerful, infinitely wise, unbearably beautiful, unable to die. When a man constantly looks at looks and looks at himself in the mirror of his own acts, his spiritual double vision splits him into two people. And if he strains his eyes hard enough, he forgets which one is real. In fact, reality is no longer found either in himself or in his shadow. The substance has gone out of itself into the shadow, and he has become two shadows instead of one real person. It goes on and on, but yeah. I could probably stop there. <clears throat> Damn, that was beautiful. Yeah. That connects to a lot of like how Bloke writes, but it's yeah. It's kind of like much more material and like what should be like and this is more like I don't know. Um I've been feeling that a bit lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I think uh, I'm in the camp of uh, belief in God without putting things into practice. I mean, I put things into practice, but it's yeah, I waver. I mean, I think it's just, I think it's just the natural inclination of people. Um, it is. I mean, it's like that's original sin, basically. Like in the Garden of Eden, like eating of the fruit from the tree of knowledge is like, is like you know it's like um wanting to know the world as as god knows it yeah Um, sorry that i i'm getting lost yeah (laughs) yeah it's okay um damn (laughs) no it's all good we can edit this out (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's take it again see you've been feeling that way a little bit yeah. yeah, that kind of, uh, I, I don't get main character syndrome. Yeah. Um, I get, I don't, I don't know if I have a name for it. I referred to it. Yeah. You're not, you're not a main character type. No, no. that's not like a, <laughs> no, 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 for, no, it's yeah. not. I, I feel, yeah, I feel completely, <laughs> you're not a main character. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 you're good. Yeah. I don't think, I think I'm on, you know, I'm on, I'm on, I'm part of <laughs> Part of I'm part of an ensemble cast. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but I'm just not main character mode. Yeah, uh, I always feel like I get into like like Gandalf mode. Yeah, I always feel like more of like a like a quest giver than like a than like the person going on the quest. Yeah, uh, I always feel like this intermediary. It's actually one of the reasons that I <clears throat> moved away from astrology. Yeah. Uh I f- it's like incredible an incredibly useful tool. Um but 
what what happens with it is that it's always telling me that like you have to be good like in your life like unless you make a conscious decision mm. uh you know to kind of like to be living your own life like you're going to be complete you can be completely content uh just kind of like giving people showing people the path to the top astrology and, says that yeah about like my chart is like very much like that's like the essence of it yeah it's like you're he's like you you can like show people the path to, to the top yeah you can like you can show like show people the path out of like really dark areas or like things like that mm. but like you have no idea how to do that for yourself yeah unless you like just like stop like rationalizing or allowing yourself to to do it for like other people so what what were you saying about sorry i'm (coughs) i lost the thread it's just that i'm 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 uh i i see it as like not seeing yourself as like as like as like a real like person living life Mm. because like main character mode there are no other people you know and in and in the mode that i live in it's like everyone else is like very real yeah and like i'm unsure of like my place in that hmm yeah <laughs> i think that's cat <laughs> <clears throat> it could be i don't know i think i I, don't, I guess I just don't, I don't quite understand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to, how to. I don't think that it like shows up on like a, uh, on like a surface level, but that's kind of like a, you know. So you're saying that I just don't believe you. <laughs> You're telling me that you don't feel, you feel like other people I don't think this is like, I don't think this is like a truth. This is just like Because how how would you relate to this quote that I just read given that that disposition? What I'm saying is that like I often feel this way. I'm not saying like I think this is how it is. Yeah. I want to be I want to be clear about that. Yeah. I just I relate to it because I feel like I'm I'm often in that mode of like feeling kind of uh not real. At like some essence of of myself. And I wonder if that's like a I often feel that way too. Yeah. So you're saying that like there's two sides of the coin. And one of them is like frantically searching for your existence in like the verification of your, of your shadow of like images of you, things that you produce. Yes. But then there's your approach to it, which is maybe less immediately narcissistic that has more to do with your like subsidiary role in, I I just don't quite understand what you mean about 
Yeah, I can't. I guess I can't. You're, yourself. Because I, I relate to this in a very, like, just, like, directly, um, directly, like, afflicted, narcissistic way of just, like, I don't believe, I don't, like, believe that I matter, so I have to, like, search for it. Mm. I don't trust that. Um, I don't trust that I'm real, so I have to, like, make speeches and um post cool things yeah and you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i think that i just i be liked by people um, yeah etc okay yeah. i think that i think that uh what we're getting at here is that i i took it i'm i misunderstood it a little bit mm. sometimes you know my adhd brain yeah loses the thread a little bit on long quotes yeah but uh i think that I think we're just talking about like two two sides, not of like the experience of it, yeah. but of the uh, how we go about trying to find that meaning. Yeah. Because um, you know, I don't I don't make the speeches. I don't do those other things. I I kind of do. Yeah. I think you do though. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> not to be a dick. No, it's it's all. <laughs> I post cool things. Yeah. I don't make speeches, bro. Do I make speeches? You be talking. <laughs> I mean, no, you're not like, you're not like, you're not out here like, I mean, you had someone tell you recently to stop explaining books to them. Facts. <laughs> I did. And that's like a, that's like a symptom of this for me is when I'm like, when I start like explaining when I start, and it, I mean, there's different ways to be explaining books to people. There's, there's a patient way of kind of poetically unfolding ideas. Mm -hmm. And then there's another way that's like, very like, I've got like, I don't trust that you're going to understand me. So I'm going to like wrathfully, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like over, mm. um, it's, it's like it's ultimately about trust right yeah yeah definitely. i'm not saying that you're doing that no but shit bro i yeah. might be let's be real i think we all do yeah. i think we all do like it's just there's there's different there's different modes of conversation and one of them that i think has been like the biggest source of affliction in my relationships in my life and it comes out the closer i get to people yeah because the closer i get to people the more the more intimate you are with someone, the more minute um, the moments of doubt can be yeah. to to uh, produce these like these moments of fear, yeah. right? And when that fear creeps in, I'm I've historically been like very bad at being like, "Damn, I feel fearful right now," and just stepping away. Mm -hmm. um, and letting, as Simone Weil would say, like the void, um, you know, give way to grace. Mm -hmm. Like historically, what I do is I'll be like, okay, I need to try even harder. Yeah. Like, let me overcome it. If I explain it really good, and then I start to get mad, and I start to get mad. If the other person doesn't seem like they're getting it, <laughs> yeah. But then I'll be like, I can't show them that I'm <clears throat> that I'm mad though, because that makes me. That makes me a loser. 
So like, <laughs> I'm just like, you just like are like sending you just all like that shut anger. down. You're yeah. sending all that anger inside. Yeah, I think that's what that has been happening when we've been trying to record. Um, Definitely, and it's like it's so unpleasant for me. Yeah, and um, it makes me feel like an asshole. And yeah, yeah just you should get you, you can get mad at we. That'd be sick if you got mad at me on on re- record, bro. Yeah. Well, that's why I just that's why I just called you out. Yeah. And said that you were capping. No, feel free. I will say, <laughs> I will say when you let it out, it's yeah. it's much better, and I feel like it yeah. can be like true. Yeah. When you were holding it back, you called me out on you called me out on something that yeah. wasn't even true. What did I say? You said that esoteric information is is like an oxymoron. I don't think that I think that is true because esoteric just means that it's like <laughs> this, is a, this is a real <laughs> segue but esoteric just means that it's like understood by like few so like information you know I I take esoteric to mean internal mm. um, so I was I was going off that definition okay okay right so it's like I mean, it, it depends on how you define information. Definitely. Right. And esoteric. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> now we're just getting into the game of, of yeah. that. Um, but but shit. <laughs> this aside, as an aside, but I, I do want to say that I feel yeah. like, I feel like this is a fruitful topic because yeah. I, I keep feeling like <clears throat> everything you say, I, I feel, but my experience is often the, like the opposite action where like i also uh have that fear of like being understood and need that trust yeah but it's like it's not like trust trusting that the other person is going to get it yeah it's like trusting that like i'm able to explain it yeah i'm sure you also feel to a certain degree but not really okay i'm like i'm i'm narcissistic yeah like not like fundamentally but like yeah yeah definitely i don't have that kind of self-doubt yeah Um, see mine is the mine is the fear that i am unable to commute to articulate yeah uh what's going on inside yeah and so it's like trusting everything everything literally in my in my therapy (laughs) practice is about literally like trusting that i can like distill what is going on inside out, and that i can be understood Totally. And not, you know, but that comes into some interesting ways where like where I don't, I generally don't shut down. I'll do the explaining thing, but I edit myself. I don't know if you've ever, yeah, you've probably caught that. Like, yeah, I'll already say things and be like, that was like, nah, like, yeah, (laughs) like I'll, I'll roll it back. I'll make huge edits to things I say. Yeah. But, or just, just or just be kind of, um, just be kind of tight about what you're what you're letting out for sure yeah 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 but i i i I feel like i'm doing better when i'm i'm editing myself yeah real time yeah no i mean that's that's fine i think that's a fine way to communicate yeah yeah i just feel like um i don't know I feel like so much of my life has just been like that, that feeling of like, it's like, I feel bad right now and I'm too, like, I'm too proud to admit that I feel bad. Yeah. And then it just like 
eats itself. Mm-hmm. And that's when I get into, uh, that's why I'm liable to hurt people. Yeah. It's, it's too bad. Definitely. More, but I'm working on it. Yeah. It's like trusting that like someone can take like yeah. your like yeah. bad emotions. Yeah. They can see you in a bad state, even like pointed at them. You know, yeah, because hopefully not pointed at them, but right, right, not yeah, just yeah. like they could, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I just mean like, can you a, take it? Yeah, <laughs> can you take my anger? <laughs> real like, <laughs> bro, that's like that's like what like fucking boobers did, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's boober energy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Just like searching for like someone who someone can like, who can like take the anger. Yeah. yeah, that's just how I am. Yeah, just like yeah, can handle me. Um. I do. I do kind of feel like that that way though about like partners specifically. Not not about like not not an ability to like get angry at them, which I don't feel is appropriate. But like, I do feel like I need someone who can accept that I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> And like, I will just be like generally afflicted at times mm-hmm. and just like, you know, of course it's contingent on my ability to like, um, to, to know how to not be harmful in those situations. But like, I don't know. I wrote this song lyric one time and it's a song that I've never like put out. Um, but it, it's is like inspired by a little Dirk lyric um you know the little Dirk song otf it's it's like one of the first ones he put out yeah it's just like i can't trust myself otf otf means only the family mm-hmm. so it's like it's like i can't trust myself otf you can trust yourself only in the family yeah so it's like i see it as a very like theological statement but i wrote this song i wrote a lyric where i was like like I don't trust myself, I, but I trust the way I break down, and it's like that is that is very much how I think about it. Like, like I need I need that like moment of like coming up against the the failure of my own will and my own like wrath. And I need the need to feel that like i need to feel the insufficiency of that so that i can like the bubble can burst and then i can be like ah like Mm -hmm. i like i was in the i was wrong like i was seeing a false reality yeah and like for some reason it's never just like a smooth like i'm always right you know what i mean it's like and and it's interesting because there's like i was uh, many years ago i was reading this like I think like 16th century German mystic Jakob Burma. Do you know Jakob no. Burma? It's spelled like B B O E H M E or something. Oh um, yeah. B- yeah, yeah, ba- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So he like he talks about um, he has this like theology um, that deals with wrath, and I think it draws somewhat on like the old testament like more jewish conception of like god and the devil and stuff like that yeah and like 
basically there's this like there's this thing that he calls like sh- the sh- the shrak shrak which is like it's like this god's wrath is like actually comes before god's love mm-hmm. and and wrath is like this you know it's like this angry knowledge like it's this like angry thirst for knowledge basically mm-hmm. and it's creative it like it's like an explosion yeah but it's compressed and it's like it's not like so then there's basically like in the cosmology of of the universe god's wrath like precedes everything and then there's this like compression of it and then there's a shrack which is like it's like this explosion of the wrath mm. and all of a sudden um the wrath like turns in on itself and becomes like love mm. but it's it's only because of that like pain pain caused by like the you know the need to to know and explain like turning it on itself yeah and i often feel i feel that (laughs) um i go through those cycles definitely yeah and you need the the shrek you can't just like have the pain and be like because i have this pain i like understand love or something no like like it has to fail like i have to I often have to be wrong um for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And and also open to receiving that forgiveness yeah. from someone as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Can I read you uh <laughs> what? Read No, yeah. <laughs> read me. Unless you have something else to say. No, no, I'm I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I said that there was no esoteric information though. It's all it's all good. I was just like I was just like, that's that's like what I knew like you know cuz it was pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, bro, you're coming for me. <laughs> yeah. I was coming for you. It's all good though. Oh, I think I think what goes on and this is maybe why you know we're in a sensitive situation is like you you told me that your insecurity or your the source of your fear of unreality comes from an inability to express yourself yeah and so probably i would i would think that when i'm giving you signs that that's happening yeah that it feels real yes bad for you yes yeah (laughs) So I'm sorry about that. It's all good, man. Uh, Shit, you think I'm on? You think I'm on main character mode, and that that yeah. means a lot. Well, I just you know. <laughs> no, I, know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. It's hard. It's so hard to see the world through. I mean, this was like the experience I had in couples therapy. It was literally the first time I found out that my girlfriend didn't think like me. Yeah, And that it wasn't just like, oh, she has like a different opinion. It's like right. her worldview goes through like a different physics yeah. than mine. Yeah. Like people are literally different. <laughs> like what? Yeah. So, I mean, so it's hard to not just be like, he has the same motivations as me. Definitely. Yeah. And it's also like, that's a, that's an interesting thing. Cause you know, it is like, it is like this narcissistic like uh like thought pattern of like oh people are like thinking different than me but mm-hmm. like the way we relate like for most 
of our lives is like oh like do they like the same like music as me like do they yeah like do we like the same activities yeah things like that and if you're not like pursuing like this deeper understanding of like even if you are pursuing like a deeper understanding of like how people like think about the world and things like that yeah it's like it's going to be like reflected off like your inner experience exactly and so like unless someone's you know specifically like explaining something and you have like no idea yeah like it like doesn't make sense like that's the moment in which you're going to realize that (laughs) and not a lot of people like experience that this is the moment this is the this is i think a good tie-in for like where because i feel like we've been maybe a little overly critical of like um of like psycho um psychoanalytic materialism yeah on this podcast and maybe we'll get into that today a little bit with the ernst bloke um but i feel like this is where those things meet and where ultimately like god comes back into the picture for me because it's like so there is this incredible incommensurability between people um that is that is a product of like our different um you know the different emotional pathways that our thoughts lead us through mm-hmm. based on our, I don't know, whatever it is, attachment styles, neuroses. Yeah. And that, that is like incredible to bear witness to, but miraculously love like hits in the same way for all of us, yes. despite that. Yeah. Like that's, inc- that's a miracle. Yeah. Like that's, how could you not, how could you not like, yeah. That, you know, that 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 all of that exactly that feeling of of you know the left field like just like a meteor streaking in and like yeah dissolving your your internal structures yeah and you which, see a person like so lucidly yeah yeah absolutely yeah um i'm i'm gonna read you this little i wrote this thing this week it has to do with it has to do with what we're talking about it's an it's a it's an unfinished essay i hope it's okay that i read this it's kind of it's a little long go ahead <laughs> cool um i'd just be curious to hear so i open with that quote from little dirk Mm-hmm. I can't trust myself, OTF. No. <laughs> uh, and then, and this is the first part. In life, there bloom strange hollows in spans of days or months or years, sealed off and rounded from within. There one feels that the light has gone out of the world. The image of the future flickers out, and the past presses down on your chest with the weight of myth. Each passing moment bears down on you like the riddle of the Sphinx, forbidding your passage into being. The strait of the present is strewn with the corpses of failed passages, of wasted time. These corpses are lies, not in that they are flesh and indeed dead, but in their mock seriousness. They look to you like fate, but to the Sphinx they are playthings, and to another hidden 
Third thing, they are eruptions of holy laughter. The riddle makes life seem scarce. It makes you forget the abundance of it having begun at all. Life, given in the form of an unknown answer, becomes a foreign quantity. It no longer recognizes you as its child, for which you have to hatch schemes and make speeches, sophistries. On this road by the mountains, unable to see your place downstream of the patient spring, you see only a wild and promiscuous death lurking behind every act. You don't make decisions, you make bets. There's more. I can stop yeah. there. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. I feel like it's very <laughs> it's very clear that this, I feel like this could tie into so many things that we've been talking about. Yeah. It's all tied together. It is. The Sphinx is um, you know, it's like you know, I read about it in Oedipus Rex. Mm-hmm. Um sitting the sphinx is like sitting outside thebes yeah and it asks like a riddle and then it kills you if you don't answer the riddle right and to me that's that mode that i'm describing of like i've got to like provide an explanation for like i've got to give proof of my existence yeah otherwise, i've got to hurry up and do it now <laughs> otherwise the death is yeah is the next move and 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 walter benjamin in in his essay about storytelling talks about how fairy tales um, are like the antidote to myth um, because we, in fairy tales, we learn how to act dumb mm-hmm. towards myth. That's the phrase he uses. Oh, it all ties back to our fool, right? <laughs> exactly. We act dumb towards myth and we see that the riddle of the Sphinx is, is childish. Yeah. Yeah. It's childish. And, yeah. and we like throw off the, we throw off the weight of the past and we, instead we become, um, instead of wanting to return to the past, we become receptive to the moment when the past uh, returns to us mm. in an image. Yeah. The not yet conscious, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's, that's, <laughs> we've been talking about the not yet conscious versus the unconscious. Cause we, you know, cause friggin' psychoanalysis and exact, <laughs> right. Everyone's concerned with the unconscious yeah. in psychoanalysis. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I had a, I had a, a pretty extreme event happen to me that, uh, Maybe I can talk about, but mostly, yeah. mostly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, should I preface? Should I talk about it now and then go into the book? Can... Yeah, I guess the free, talk about the free flow. It. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I I, I uh, experienced a form of a very ambiguous heartbreak. I'd say. Yeah. Um. That's you know, in between the last episode and now. <laughs> may have something to do with the month in between yeah the episodes <laughs> yeah. yeah i my defenses went up and i i became a mind band once more <laughs> <laughs> uh 
um, in the garden of the mind man <laughs> and uh the loveless mind man so true yeah. um yeah i would just i just had an experience of 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 real like distilled connection with someone that that i described that kind of uh meteor yeah you know shot shot through yeah in on a on a tuesday <laughs> and i like my basically all my inner structures melted away to like just like this upwelling of of emotion can i say really briefly that i love how you're putting it as a meteor yeah because the meteor reminds me of the angel the perspective of the angel of history it's like this it's like this like you said thing from left field yeah that comes from above yeah and it just shoots through the atmosphere and it in a moment it transfigures or transforms the whole perspective of mm-hmm. the space you're living in yeah i'm gonna just br- really briefly <laughs> just really briefly read this thing this quote um and then let you continue but it's as flowers turn toward the sun by dint of a secret heliotropism the past strives to turn towards the sun which is rising in the sky of history yeah i mean the there's a <clears throat> there is an element of it that i feel like is also you know things being set in motion yeah and they don't necessarily have to connect. Yeah. You know, this is this is an object being guided by gravity. No, they I think they they don't necessarily connect. Yeah. It's it's like that's why it's a secret heliotropism. Like it's like mm. a turn you turn towards the thing and and the the image of the thing flashes up before you. And maybe it's love, maybe it's um you know, maybe it's insight. Mm-hmm. but it um yeah fuck it hits <laughs> it it hits yeah <laughs> sorry i i i i i feel like i um i made that too mental so that was a little mental but yeah. but hey listen it's 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 all right there's something going on there yeah yeah um <clears throat> but yeah it was just uh i knew this person for we had we had gone on on dates maybe like six years ago we met this is that's why i wanted to bring up history yeah yeah no this was yeah it's like things were were set in motion mm-hmm. um and whether or not yeah i'm not i'm not gonna psychologize this uh so <laughs> <laughs> and whether or not yeah <laughs> whether or not is a big <laughs> Big we can't say that anymore. It's, it's a, that's yeah. a that's a cuss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is uh, <laughs> so true? Um, yeah. So basic- the only the only kind of contingency that matters is the kind that it has been has been decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what are you feeling? Not, yeah. Not, um, not what could have been <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like six years ago we went on, we, we met and we went on like three dates in one week and, um, it was like a very, 
at the time it was like also a very powerful experience, but, uh, it, it genuinely like, I don't think that I was like personally ready at the time to be like open to that. True words and true love, you know? Stop. I gotta stop. Uh, I gotta stop treating my heartbreak like a narrative king. Yeah. It's very true. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's just... Uh, Do you feel like treating it as a narrative within the podcast format is, meta, is a metonym for you treating it like a narrative in your life? Or do you think it's determined do you think it was brought on by us doing this no 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 it was yeah. metonym like that's yeah. how i've been treating it yeah in general in general yeah. yeah um yeah i i just like yeah i i i suffered a heartbreak which makes recording like pretty excruciating because i as yeah. i told nick i i felt like if i was going to be emotionally grounded which which uh, we like to be. Yeah. That's kind of part of, that's the only time we ever feel something like it happens. That's pretty much the whole conceit of the podcast and what yeah. makes it slightly other from anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I was like, I'm going to have to like talk about this. Yeah. And, you know, but I didn't want it to like, I didn't want to be analyzing it. Yeah. And, and I, over our recordings, it felt like I would like get like, oh, I'm analyzing it in this way. And then I like move back and I'd still be like trying to like filter it through something. Yeah. I'm, I'm like trying to be like, use it to to try to like get like Extract a bit of like wisdom, a wisdom <laughs> nugget or something like yeah that. and it's like no like this is this is like a very like just like a bizarre happenstance yeah like out of the blue um occurrence that like has like shocked me to my core yeah I feel like. for sure <laughs> yeah and i think like i mean i think that's just like you talk about the positive experience of love as like dissolving your inner structures, Mm -hmm. which does that come from somewhere by the way? No, it was just my experience. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it probably is. I I think it's a great way of putting it. I wasn't sure if it was like a, a magic related quote or something, but like, I mean, it's like, um, what am I trying to say? It's like, if that's what happens when you get the positive experience of love, then when you get like it pulled out from under your feet, yeah, um, I feel like the structures want to go back into place, like, like super hard. Yeah, and and I think that's where we've been, we've been circling around, just Ex- being like fucking like, exactly because it well yeah. the structures also become like like a cage around it yeah exactly (laughs) yeah which like you know prevents it from like both being felt and uh, you know integrated in whatever way it needs to be are we already doing it too much are we already being too analytical i i think i think we're skirting around it (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah just oh just like really what it's made me think of the and I think we got into this last podcast. I feel like so much, so much of like romantic life as a man is, is like split into this double consciousness, mm-hmm. where you have this like, you have these like kind of like true, um, you know, experiences with a romantic partner with a woman if if you're straight, yeah, that like rock you to your core and and reveal something true about life and then you have like this double consciousness of like relating it to other men yeah that's like really struggles to be like truthful Mm -hmm. and i feel like you know witnessing you go through that and then like seeing the seeing the hurt and then seeing the defenses come up yeah it's like remarkably triggering to like our relationship (laughs) Yeah. And like, we don't know how to like hold each other. Exactly. In the way that like women do in those situations. Yeah. Or we just become like tense and like, uh-huh. it's just like hella awkward and like, yeah, I don't know why it's, it's so hard. Yeah. But it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it is like one of those things that like, like we can't just cry in each other's arms, <laughs> right. which is what needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It literally like that was me like in December last yeah. year with you. Just yeah. like, 
you know yeah just like seeing like you go through like this like tremendous amount of pain and just yeah. being like <laughs> i like i you know i don't know what to do yeah um nothing you can <clears throat> say is quite right the other person is like no i swear i'm okay literally. like you like, you, like <laughs> literally <laughs> literally my pain is temporary yeah like i'm gonna be better than before yep I'm gonna, I'm gonna, bro, I'm gonna integrate this yeah. and never make that mistake again. Yeah, which is also not, <laughs> also not the point and not, not true. Not the point, not true. Yeah, um, yeah. I just feel like this. I don't know. I w- I was thinking of like these, just like, kind of the 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 situation, um, with like the podcast though and like how how like generative it's been yeah and like how like remarkably (laughs) so for like four months of time or six maybe yeah yeah the the amount of like you know things that have have kind of uh happened have been like I just don't think I was like prepared for it. And I think like it's all like linked to a kind yeah. of uh like when we set out and we like recorded us kind of making like a vow towards like life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got what we bargained for. Yeah. But we weren't like ready for it. No. Yeah. No. But we also couldn't be no ready for it, making like a vow to like <laughs> live like and just like do and just like be living life (laughs) it's like we vow to do and always to be like basically that's what we did we sound like kanye in that damn interview um yeah i mean yeah it's just it's precipitated us into a whole network of relationships that is 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 really honestly beautiful and i'm i'm like extremely grateful for it um and it's crazy how you can sort of talk about things and then um someone hears you talk about something and it it forms the basis of a of a relationship Mm -hmm. um but then it's like i think for me since some of those relationships actually came about because of this it makes me doubly conscious of what we're doing here Mm -hmm. like as if it's the basis of our new reality or something and we have to like Mm. we have to like shore it up and yeah yeah it's just it scares me it's definitely like pretty scary yeah it's i mean it's like a i mean it's a different form but it's like you know the same kind of like the pots boil and bubbles are growing and bursting and yeah things like that if that makes any sense at all <laughs> bubble bubble toilet <laughs> trouble exactly exactly i don't really know what you no. mean but for sure no, it's stone soup. <laughs> Life is like stone soup. No, it's perfect because it's like that's everything you were saying yesterday. It's just like your fear of not being understood, and then 
my fear my fear of like ceasing to exist mm-hmm. if i don't like offer proof of it yeah but that's and and that's like the thing that like you know i have no <clears throat> there's like no like you know i'm like searching for some kind of like wise point where i'm like 28 like yeah <laughs> like, like i'm not i'm not there yet i aspire to be but uh no we shouldn't take ourselves too damn seriously no that's rule 64 have you ever heard about that it's like some story in the aa big book really it's like and this group was like i don't know like an aa group formed and they like they made all these rules and tried to like they tried to immanentize the eschaton and create you know heaven on earth yeah and then it messed up the whole dang meeting so they created they created they like dark mages or something yeah <laughs> and then they created rule 64 which is which was and they hung it on the wall and said don't take yourself too to him seriously yeah yeah oh exactly that's a protection against you know we're learning to do that yeah both you and i take ourselves extremely seriously way too seriously (laughs) yeah i literally that was like my last that was like a a feedback that i got in my last relationship that made me really depressed uh to think about but but the, the whole point is to not get depressed about it my partner literally told me like she was like remember that time that we were like joking around and we we made that like funny video together and we were laughing. Yeah. Like I wanna I wanna do that more. Like I wanna have I want us to have fun. Yeah. I was like, oh fuck. Like Yeah. That's really sad. Cause it is like I mean I can be really lighthearted and fun, but I think particularly when I get to know someone really intimately, mm-hmm. they start to see that like very yeah. Um, yeah. Self serious part of me. It's like uh how to how to how to keep loose exactly how to stay loose exactly yeah 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 i i just feel like so <clears throat> that's that's part of like the the thing about about the like blossoming relationships in our life that we've talked about yeah is that there isn't any like pre- pretense yeah like it can it like isn't like when you and i became friends it's because you like took me out to coffee and were like i would like to be your friend yeah it's true <laughs> it was like a business transaction it's but true. it was awesome because i was just like i know where i stand like yeah i fuck with this a lot yeah i, was, I stood on business <laughs> exactly <laughs> and like and like it's because like of our of our we grew up in like uh I'm a little bit younger than you, but we grew up in like the same kind of like social attitude environment, the millennial hip environment, which we've talked about as being, it was, I mean, the whole thing was built on pretty antagonistic, standoffish, exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. When people are like the pretentious hipster, it's like, yeah, yeah. that was like, it's based, it's based precisely on this inference that you never communicate the thing that you're hiding yeah you keep it hidden Mm -hmm. and your social disposition always betrays that and it's so (laughs) off-putting it is yeah and it's just like just like meeting people and like well you know personally i'm like 
uh, one of my things is that I just feel like I've grown in into that. You know, I've been like conditioned yeah. to that. Yeah. But like it internally, you know, that's that's where that fear of not being understood comes from. It's because like I I grew up socially like learning how to socialize in that circle. Yeah. And I'm like screaming internally like yeah. Or like, I wouldn't say screaming, but like, just like, it's like a vibration that needs to like be Do you ever read, connected to other people. Do you ever read like Gregory Bateson's uh, theory of schizophrenia or hear about it? No. It's all about like link, linguistic double binds. Yeah. So he, he kind of invented like family systems analysis, which is now, of course, pretty mainstream. Yeah. But he, he says that like all, essentially like all human disorder is based on these double bind situations in which you're like at the same time compelled and forbidden to say something mm-hmm. so these speech acts become impossible yeah and schizophrenia is like one possible solution to it where like basically like multiple realities are simultaneously possible mm-hmm. and it, you're just reminding me of what you're saying yeah. it's like we grew up in this situation where like on the one hand you have this like midwestern emotional expansiveness and just like genuine desire to like love and to be loved yeah and then this other this other social force that's yeah i mean what people probably today call irony but it's not it wasn't just irony it was also this like forced alienation as a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. as a tool yeah and i think what sorry i interrupted you and went on a long tangent but what we're saying is we've been making relationships based on us doing this that don't follow that logic at all yeah it's 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 like it's really cool yeah it's like it's like beautiful and i feel like that's the thing is like i'm like i've been i've been sitting around trying to create a narrative or a frame yeah for this like really for this this heartbreak that has like a very like like almost like novelistic like yeah. <laughs> like it's like set up yeah <laughs> like it just does yeah uh, if i it's probably going to be cut out so if you want to hear about it i can tell you in person but yeah just know i went through the ringer and uh it's like i'm like so i'm like so concerned with dealing with that that i like it's like i almost forget that like like it's not like a single thing happening in my life. Like there's just like, there are things like blossoming in like all corners of my life right now. Yeah. And I can like both be like heartbroken and and messed up about that and just like live, live my life because I can't like create a narrative that's going to like sate that feeling. Yeah. Like, uh, the like conversations that like you and I have about it are like incredibly meaningful to me. Right. Because it is like we are trying to like get closer to that. Yeah. You know, even though it's like fairly difficult. For Des- both of despite us. All, like how like everything in us is like preventing us from doing that. Yeah. But um, that like that like that move towards that. Yeah. You know, gesture towards that. Men, that's all we that's all we got. <laughs> Yeah. That's all we got sometimes. If you're a drainer and you fight with another drainer, I have no words for you. Uh, uh, yo, yo, yo.
I just, I feel like, um, two things. I feel like the story's, um, it's getting long. It is. <laughs> and I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I can still sense you, um, dissociating a little bit. Yeah. While telling it. Yeah. Which is not like me pushing you to no. stop doing that. No. <laughs> but it's just, it's maybe just like. It's making it a little unlistenable. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we could like, I wonder if there would be a way to tell the story or to approach the material differently. Than like um, explaining yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we need to keep going. Definitely. Because I think we have at least part of an episode here. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. All that's to say that eventually I got ghosted. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I was ghosted. Yeah. And, you know, all, all, all this work to kind of trust what someone else was saying felt kind of like it fell flat. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that can be cut but i don't know maybe not yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking i'm just thinking thinking about where we started that conversation at it was it was to tie into the principle of hope by ernst bloke yeah uh the reason that i started reading it yeah but maybe that's exactly the issue yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> Cause it's like such a, it's such a large thing that I feel happened to me yeah. that it doesn't need to be like boxed in by like, this is the reason that I started reading Ernst Bloch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like what we've been trying to do. <clears throat> yeah. It's like squeeze, squeeze, squeeze things into in. these like frames. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is, that is frame narrative. That's not, <laughs> that's not within the frame narrative. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We need to be like, we need to be like with the vernacular, the vernacular vulgar tradition, hmm. not with the scholastic rhetorical tradition. Very true. I guess they don't know what that means. <laughs> they being me. <laughs> God, you're talking, like, you're talking like DJ Cal. God, dude. <laughs> They don't know what that means. God, dude. So all I'm talking about in, in the simplest terms is that, um, so like there, I'm going to do this explanation and hopefully not be too explainy, but in like literary historiography, there's like the, the epic, which is like, you know, that's like, you got like ancient societies, everyone's vibing, everything's in its right place totality rounded from within yeah beautiful the epic doesn't need to have an architectural form because you don't need a simulation of reality 
because you live in reality. Right. Right. In the novel, flip it. You've got an architectural, an architectural design, a simulation of psych- psychological reality. It's the search for meaning, because guess what? You don't have an origin anymore. Mm. You don't have. You, you you've got transcendental homelessness. <laughs> you fucked. <laughs> you've got to simulate the search for meaning, in in architect in the architectural design of the novel. I see. I You're see. atomized. Yeah. All right. But then we got this question. What's the question, Hank? What's the question? How do we get back to the epic? Kind of. My, the question. The question we got to answer before. The question we got to answer before that is what happened, right? What happened? Yeah, right. What what fuck? What the what the hell happened in between, right? Because we're talking a couple thousand years there, right? Yeah. Boom monotheism okay right yeah talking monotheism so we got these monotheisms that are colonizing the world in in the middle ages we got islam we got christianity obviously judaism is older but you know they're all kind of vibing together and in the medieval period we've got these classical languages like ancient latin greek they become these scholastic rhetorical languages of the priest caste the ecclesiastical languages. These languages have no connection to what you're talking about with your mama and your daddy when you're a little baby, because you, you're talking in the vernacular. You're okay. saying you're selling you're saying vafangul, you know. Yeah. You're you're saying I'm a bambino. Yeah. So slowly in the Middle Ages, there's this priest caste that commands the language of truth of divinity mm-hmm. in in Latin or something. And then there's, and they have a more classical command of, you know, philosophy and truth. And then you have the vernacular, which is like the language of the intimate, the everyday, the vulgar, um, perhaps the humorous. And these two things start to interact with each other more through the storytelling tradition, through things like the frame narrative. And in the frame narrative, like, the the rhetorical and scholastic is what you know in like for instance the decameron which is like a proto proto bourgeois text because it's like you know 14th century it's right it's right at the end of feudalism right before the renaissance take hold, takes hold yeah the black plague allows us to shake off the remnants of all the old forms of power i shouldn't say us cuz it's not we you know we're not trying to do that yeah but you know that's when that's when national cultures start to form the frame is what tries to tame tries to tame and hold in and repress the the like passion passionate vulgar intimate material of the of the vernacular tradition i see the everyday right yeah and so we're not we're not in framing everything although we are although we are trying to get to a kind of you know I mean, we're not going to go back to the to the ancient epic, right? No, we're not going to go back. No, but we uh, but we do want that image, the image of that world, yeah. to pop up in a moment of, of of intimate danger and and allow us to transform our own reality. Right, right. So we're working with that. We're working with that vernacular tradition. We want a secret third stories. Language. We want a secret third thing. Yeah. We want that secret third thing. 
Yeah, because we can't. I mean, we want. It's like we want. We want the the vernacular vulgar to be the frame. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we want to pop that frame inside out. Yeah, and allow the abundance to just flow to just from flow. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very true. Yeah. So that's. I don't remember why I did that. Um, because I was trying to tell <laughs> the story of heartbreak mm. within a frame. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm some bourgeois in in, in the Decameron. Right. Like I'm just like hanging out in a villa, right? Like out you're hanging plague. out in a villa, and you're like talking about how you're talking about how a, a priest uh, taught a nun how to put the devil back in hell, which I bet you can guess what that means. <laughs> yep. 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 You guessed it, <laughs> but you guessed it. I, I, sorry, I don't. I don't mean to use that word. Yeah. But you know that song that um uh oh god, what was that guy's name? He was like from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> OG Mako. Oh <laughs> bitch, you guessed it. Yeah. No. It doesn't matter. We can edit that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um uh 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 what was I saying? <laughs> you were talking about, uh, we had just talked about how, yeah, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know. I think any reasonable person can conclude that the redemption of the world, if it's to be achieved, can only be achieved through magic. It's too late for science. It's too late for hortatory politics. Off, we've... We instantly feel better. <laughs> we should just get like freaking lapel mics or something and like not even have headphones. No, it's good. It's like, I think maybe in relief, the listeners will understand that there's a good episode here that you can't hear. Yeah, very true. But that's, that's, you have to listen for it. You have to listen for it. There's there's yeah. subtext here. This episode is necessary for all that is to come. This episode is cursed. <laughs> it's not cursed, bro. It's it's these are as you said growing pains. Well, a curse can be a curse can always be lifted. A cur- it's like how a demon can be to to a demon can work towards a greater good. Yeah. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's fate. I'm yeah. saying it's it just feels like a little uh it feels less like a curse cuz that feels more <laughs> like this 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 thing that's been like pressed down imposed upon us yeah and and more like this uh like <laughs> no it's our like it's our best generation yeah yeah exactly this is our howl yeah i saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by destroyed by podcasting <laughs> so true um this is our crossroads every every time every episode from here on out on cold nights yeah we're gonna tell our 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 wives you know thank god i'm not on episode seven, seven. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i just feel like there's this i described this to you but Every time we try to record, because what we're doing here is like, we're, we're trying to document something happening. Yeah. Right. It's not just, <laughs> hopefully it's not just information. It's, 
there's an occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I, this goes back to our original conversation. Every time we do this, I, part of me fails to believe that in reality. Yeah. And I try to, I, the, the part of me that fails to believe that I exist, um, is liable to step in and, and, and try to create a simulation of existence. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, what's been happening on this episode. And the difference is, I think with the prior episodes, um, I was forgetting myself yeah, and allowing something to happen. Yeah. And, and like, for whatever reason, we're just, we can't damn forget ourselves right now. No. Right. No. It's yeah. It's kind of crazy. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's that weight of the past pressing up on us. Yeah. We think, we think that like what has been is what has become. Yeah. You know, we think that like all these, <laughs> we think these past six episodes have generated oh, so much, you know? Yeah. And then we're, we're here and we're here at the world. Is the world not? And we've got to continue it. Yeah. Yeah. But really, it's like we don't even know what our position is. No, like at all. Like that's the thing is like yeah. we've almost been like getting into like polemics. Yeah, and it's just like what what are we doing? Like this? Yeah. <laughs> that's not us. No. Yeah. No, it's we're we're much we, we desire more subtlety than that. <laughs> make us humble, God. Make us humble. Um. I was thinking we could talk about what we did last night oh, in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Legendary. Yeah. Because Hank and I have been watching um, Band of Brothers. Yeah. Which is a pretty bad show. It's it's a lot worse than I remember it. Yeah. Um, but we, we got invited to a party, mm-hmm. like, but like through social media. Yeah. Right. And like people that we friends of friends yeah people that and you know people that but people that people that basically like to me exist within like in a sense like the extended universe of of like this yeah right <clears throat> yeah like people we know <laughs> through people we know who listen to this yeah shouts out yeah um but we were we were on our way there yeah and i was kind of like oh like you know we're gonna see like people we know there yeah and as I like texted people, they were all like, yeah, we're not going to be there. We're not going to be there. Yeah. And we got those like messages, like as we pulled up to the party. Yeah. And we were kind of like, hmm, like we weren't even like, hmm, we were like, we were like, we don't want to go in. Yeah. yeah. We were like, <laughs> we were. I was like, I was like, it's going to be, it's going to be a room full of, full of girls. Yeah. That, that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were like, maybe, bro, we should just go home and watch Band of Brothers. Yeah, and we did. We and we 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 got three quarters of the way home. Yeah, and then I said, "Are we cowards?" Yeah, and I said, "Yes." Yeah, <laughs> and then and then I said something along the lines of like, "What would they think of us?" Yeah, what would <laughs> what would the brother the Band of Brothers think of us? Like, we need maybe we need to be brave. Yeah, maybe this is like. This is our moment. This is our bastone. This is our bastone. <laughs> so we we damn turned around. Yeah. And we went to the party. 
We had a good time. We did have a good time. And we yeah. were tested, too. Yeah. We, we, we waited 10 minutes to be let into the party in the cold. And we let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we let it happen. We had a great time. Yeah. But I just thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny that we were, um, we wanted to go home and be comforted by an image of a heroic bravery. image from the past. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Just. A homosocial image of <laughs> bravery. And then, but then we were, but then we like, it worked because we had like interpolated it to the degree where we were like, nah, like <laughs> we have to prove to them yeah. that we could talk to girls. <laughs> we got to go to the party. Uh, yeah no it was it was like it was beautiful it was like it was like real you know images working there their magic on us yeah it was it was amazing yeah uh we're having a party next weekend we are yeah the cornucopia yeah it's our first foray into a party with DJs. Um, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think we have a good lineup. Yeah. You know, I think that it's a little it's a little bit, you know, everywhere. It's going to be a dialogue between generations. It's intergenerational dialogue. I think part, I think honestly part of my neuroticism is around this party too. Certainly. A party is such a like... It's such a like metric test of like, (laughs) of like, just like, you know, who fucks with me. Yeah. In in reality, it's not that at all. In reality, the party has like almost an organic existence that, that goes like beyond any person. Yeah. Um, It's, it's a relationship. But yeah, but we, we, you know, we, we put it online and, you know. Maybe, you know, maybe we're not, you know, maybe we're not at our best as, as, as promoters, but your mom, you shared some, a beautiful thing that your mom said yeah. with me last night. Yeah. On, on my mom's deathbed. Um, and that's a kind of a general term, but she basically, my mother starved to death. And when you do that yeah, after about a week, when your body starts like consuming, like, you know, just like you're running off like pure spirit. Yeah. Essentially, uh, you gain like this extreme lucidity because death is like so imminent that you're like able to live like fully in the present. Yeah. And my mom would just like, and she was like, you, you also get like an energy boost. Like basically you're acting as if like nothing is going on and you're like, you're like super lucid and you can just talk about things. Yeah. Um, but she would kind of like rattle off these like aphorisms, just kind of like out of nowhere. Yeah. And she was just like, yeah, if you ever like feel like you should have a party, like you have to have the party, like you have to host a party if you feel like, if you have that like feeling. Yeah. And I've kind of like taken that with me. Yeah. It's like, you gotta be. (laughs) That speaks to that, like obedience of reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's not even about you. No, no. And that, and that, you know, the reality of, of your feelings too. Yeah. Listening to it. Yeah. Like I want to bring this into the world. Yeah. 
and that's I think that's kind of why we're calling it cornucopia because the cornucopia is like the it's the horn of plenty mm-hmm. it's nourishing yeah there's infinite abundance there yeah it's a point yeah into everything yeah the geometry of the horn is pretty interesting yeah it starts at a single point and then it it flows conically out into yeah. into it, space yeah and yeah. then and then it, you know image wise then it the contents spill out they spill out connecting it all like yeah. it's all just yeah i wonder why like uh, modern cornucopias are only made of wicker i was just like thinking it would be yeah. interesting to fabricate them out of we're gonna have a fabricated cornucopia <clears throat> we are out of some some material yeah. yeah thank you therese yeah shout out therese but yeah it's gonna be a good time friday Friday, November 18th, mm-hmm. Anchor at HQ, 9 p.m. to late. We could probably put the address in this because, like, if you're listening. Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, cuz, how you doing? I'm Steve Monterey. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Maybe we shouldn't because that just docks us. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> come come just blow throw, up our house. Yeah, that's like on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah never mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we deleted those. We yeah, we mess up our sound our our sound pad. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's really is we got no ammunition. This is our best stone. We've no ammunition. We've no socks. Our feet are out in the cold. Um I almost feel like we should wrap it up. Yeah. Me too. You think we got an episode? We will find out. We'll find out. (laughs) Thanks everyone for bearing with us. And we just want to say, we're not perfect. Far from it. We're far from perfect. But we need to release this episode. We need to release this episode. (laughs) And be free of it. We need to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. As I... Cause yeah, as I was as I was saying to Nick, and we need to trust that people will have patience with us. <laughs> yes, yeah, we do. We need to we need to be open. Yeah, open to that. Yeah. But as I was saying to Nick, something the energy of of this episode and the recording of it feels almost like a chapter two. It feels like the things we're talking about here cannot be encapsulated in one episode, Yeah, but will need to be diffused throughout our thinking and feelings in future episodes. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like, uh, this is going, this is now the past that we have to avenge (laughs) (laughs) in what we do in the future. Yeah. We have to, we have to settle our debt with this. Yeah. So, we can't see this as the as the no future nightclub. No, the the sign is correct. There aren't any bulbs out. This is this this, is this episode is the sun that's rising in the sky of history, and we'll we turn our faces towards it, and hopefully, yeah. may a meteor strike us. Yeah, that we that that our inner inner uh, <laughs> structures fail, and we can we can come come back to this with like pure feeling with clarity yeah yeah bless if you don't have family you don't have no bros you can pull up and make a bro or a family in one day